0: Support for this podcast comes from Appcast, a leading provider of recruitment advertising technology and services. Appcast helps more than 1,500 companies find more qualified candidates using advanced programmatic technology and data-driven analytics. With Appcast, you'll effortlessly attract the right talent to your open jobs, helping you save time and money find out more about AppCast at AppCast.io. That's AppCast.io. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine,
1: than in all the ages of history. Hi
0: everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 379 of the Recruiting Future podcast. As our working lives become ever more focused around digital screens and devices, how can employers ensure that they support their employees' mental wellness? Also, with the growth of digital tracking and surveillance in work technology, how can HR step up to defend cultures and long-term productivity by ensuring people are treated as humans and not as machines? My guest this week is Anastasia Giugikina, founder of Consciously Digital. Anastasia writes, speaks and coaches extensively around the impact of devices on well-being and the challenges around the use of technology at work. This is a must-listen for anyone who manages a team. Hi Anastasia and welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell us what you do?
1: Sure. So uh, my name is Dr. Anastasia Diduchina. I run Consciously Digital, which is a global network of over 90 digital well-being coaches so it actually started with my personal journey of a journey of uh, working in digital marketing in London and getting rid of my smartphone before it became a thing it was 6 or 7 years ago and uh, i star and i was qualified as a coach at the time and i started telling people you know how liberating it felt, and they started asking me, do I coach others how to do that? And um, I was say, no, not really. I never thought anyone would be interested in this. Uh, but actually, I kept being asked about this, so I thought, well, maybe this is the coaching issue. So ended up helping people, then ended up uh, writing a book about it, doing a TED talk and then was getting too much work. So uh, then started referring this work, (laughs) training um, specialists in um, helping people better handle their digital habits. And that's how this whole thing uh, appeared. And now obviously with the pandemic, when everyone is glued to their screens, (laughs) And when everything is happening online, uh, it has become really big things. So uh, now we're working all, all around the world.
0: That's really interesting, because however much we thought we were addicted to or reliant on screens and devices five years ago, that's obviously changed exponentially, grown exponentially since uh, since then. Um, I suppose taking the the pandemic as a um, as a starting point here, obviously, for, for many people, not not everyone, but for many people, people are having, are having to work remotely or, or from home or whatever it might be in a, in a much more digital way than before. So lots of reliance on, on video and screens and all that kind of stuff. And it, and it very much looks like that that's going to continue definitely in some shape or form. What are the dangers of that? What, what are you seeing happening? How's that affecting people's mental health and well-being?
1: Uh, well, first of all, I want to make make it clear that I'm not advocating uh, to go back to the caves and get rid of technology. (laughs) I don't think it's reasonable. I think we really need to have a balance, Uh, and uh, the balance is what actually we uh, very clearly lost over the last two years, because when we work uh, with Various companies, you know, like from big banks to small uh, startups, um, all around the world, we see the same thing. Uh, people say that they absolutely don't have any more boundaries. Right? You don't know when your work starts, when your work finishes. Uh, you pay your bills online. You talk to your colleagues online. Like you, you do, you do everything online, basically. And uh, <clears throat> having no boundaries, actually, no, it might sound like the great thing for the employer because, hey, employees are working longer. Uh, We know, for example, Uh, from the UK data that people on average have been uh, logging off at 8 p.m. as opposed to 6 p.m. So they were working on average two hours longer every day during the pandemic. It sounds like, oh, that's great, right? Like they're doing more. Uh, But actually, no, there is lots of research that shows that uh, A, uh, long hours do not add up to productivity. Uh, B, the mere expectation of, uh, you know, work-related emails or so outside of the working hours, actually, actually, can damage uh, not only mental health, but also the relationship uh, with people in your family. And then it ultimately all gets down to uh, longer term consequences. So the productivity did not suffer. Mm -hmm. When people were working from home, they were probably equally productive. Some maybe were feeling even more productive. Uh, But longer term consequences are that uh, people are more likely to lose motivation. Uh, And we already see this happening. Um, There are more dangers in terms of um, career development uh, because uh, we still tend to promote people that we see in person, that we know in person. Uh, And uh, just the overall, you know, like the anxiety, the exhaustion, the stress and like... It's okay when we do it like two months, three months. When we do it two years, this already becomes a little bit too much. And uh, in fact, now um, in most countries uh, where people have been working remotely for the last year, year and a half, uh, we see a huge wave of people leaving their jobs, right? And and this is actually one of the reasons why it's happening.
0: I think you described lots of things there that lots of people have have experienced or are experiencing. Now, as you made it clear, you're not an advocate for getting rid of technology altogether and obviously that's that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. We're very reliant on technology and and it looks like we will be even more moving forward. So so with that in mind, what would your advice be to employers in terms of making things better for their for, for their people when it comes to the way that people work and the way that people now communicate?
1: I think um, there is a very fine line, so you want to have uh, flexible working policies because you know maybe for some people indeed it does work uh, well to... You know, like work at 8 p.m. or 10 p.m. because daytime they want to spend time with their kids. Uh, But I think uh, employers should have a very clear um guidelines for people saying that actually it's not an expectation that you work outside of the working hours uh, you're not going to be promoted based on you know how fast you answer somebody's email um if it comes like at 10 p.m on a saturday um, i think educating people about uh, the importance of the boundaries uh, is super super important um plus um considering um you know what what will be the best way to combine um you know working from home working from the office um giving people a choice for that as opposed to forcing them you know just to stay at home or just to uh work from the office um And uh, being very, very careful uh, with using workplace surveillance tools. Um, Now, there is um, a very fresh example of one of the... Uh, software companies uh, that's founded by a Russian guy, but um, they, they they do international software, uh, who fired uh, over 100 people uh, because the software uh, suggested that they were not logging in or not spending uh, enough time in uh, their email or in other programs. Um, now, you want to be very careful with that because if, you know, you work, uh, like somebody works in customer support and email is their main tool, then yes, probably this means they're not doing their job well. Uh, But let's say, for example, for myself, uh, so what I do, I I write books, yeah? Uh, Does having an email open all the time, is this really helping? Is this showing that I'm being productive? Or is this actually something that's going to distract me uh, from my work? And uh, when an employer installs uh, workplace surveillance software and 80% of big employers actually have done it over the pandemic, uh, they should be very careful with uh, what kind of assumptions they're making about people and what it means to be digitally productive. Programmer uh, who's writing a code, uh, it doesn't mean that they necessarily need to be using, you know, like their email a lot. Um, so these Uh, expectation of instantaneous replies and the expectation of uh, the person having to uh, be available at any second uh, is actually damaging because we do need time for focused work for deep work. And our digital tools have been shown to distract us. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we need the space to focus and we also need the space to Uh, You know, let the mind wander, uh, not be constantly stimulated. And we're going now in the topic of like, where is it heading in the future? To the future, Uh, these are the skills that we will need uh, to to be developing more, and we don't see them right now.
0: That's really interesting because when you talk about uh, when workplace surveillance gets talked about what tends to happen is um you know every, everyone seems to be very very much up in arms against um against it but it still happens and it's growing and as, as you say there are more and more companies uh, using it i mean do you have any more more examples that you sort of found in your work
1: i mean there you just you know open the recent news i mean microsoft uh, is a great example i don't know if that it's great but <laughs> it's a, it's one of the biggest example that uh, microsoft uh, uh, launched this productivity score uh, in their uh, latest office and they were saying, oh, manager, so we will show you the productivity score of your, of your employees if uh, you share with us uh, their details and then we can compare it to what people in your area do so you can ra- you know rate them against their peers in other companies, which sounds like a great idea, but there are so many limitations to this idea, right? Why does someone sitting in the Silicon Valley, you know, has no idea about my job, decide what makes me productive? Mm-hmm. So there is this danger. Uh, it's not that you know the control and workplace surveillance is bad per se, especially as long as it's like within the, the legal framework. Uh, the problem is that it is based on very, very simplistic assumptions. And humans are complex beings, right? You know, like, you cannot say that if I'm on my email all the time, I'm being productive. I'm being busy, yes. But uh, this is a total misunderstanding of what is productivity, how humans are productive, um, how human productivity is different from a computer productivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's especially important for HR to educate themselves, but also educate the senior management about those things. Because if you think about it, HR have traditionally been, well, having a say, right, like a big say in the companies because companies have been uh, people-driven. Uh, increasingly, we see that companies become technology-driven. So uh, the forecasts say that about 50, 47% of the jobs in the U.S. will be automated in the next uh, 10 years and about a third uh jobs are in the UK yeah and we're not even talking about blue-collar jobs but white collar jobs um, so now we see more and more that it is the CTO the chief tech uh, technical officer technology officer uh, who has a say and says oh we're going to purchase a software and it's going to do this job and HR at best case just are given uh, the chance of the, given an opportunity just to you know go to the employees and say, hey this is what's going to happen. Right, uh, so they don't have any more, you know, like uh, the saying How is this going to affect the company culture? Um, I very much believe that this needs to change. I very much believe that, you know, HR people should, and they have the competency uh, to stand for the people of the company and say, okay, you know, like so, you are buying this very expensive software you know like or like you're signing up for whatever microsoft is suggesting to you or anything else uh what impact this is going to have how are we going to take managerial decisions based on this uh how are we going to uh make sure that everyone is aligned and this is not happening right everyone is in the rush and uh this is a very big danger because you cannot treat people as machines they're not machines
0: (laughs) I think that's so interesting and in that, uh, that, that kind of, that role for HR as we sort of move towards uh, automation is absolutely critical. And I think that there, there just needs to be a lot of education, understanding and listening that needs to go on because uh, while there is a, a huge amount of talk about wellness and, and mental health and culture and all those kind of things, you do see, very strange things happen. So for example, you know, I noted a few companies during the pandemic were were offering their employees wellness services, for want of a better word, which was come and join us on Zoom for some yoga. And it was like what people really needed was a break from their screens, not, not more screens, or let's have a team night like out on Zoom or, or whatever that might be. I think that there is a lot of work to do with that so the balance between wellness and technology and everything moving forward. I mean, how does that reflect what you're saying?
1: Yeah, I mean, you just, I wanted to say don't start me on that because it's, <laughs> it's, it's really painful. Look, um, I think this is not just the HR issue, right? This is, so we're living in the moment, in the historical moment, uh, when, the, when we think that technology is a solution to all our problems. Uh, we're living in the moment uh, when uh, we honestly think, or we like to think, that if I install a mindfulness app—nothing against the mindfulness app—this uh, is going to solve my mental health issue. It, it doesn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> like it's like uh, any piece of technology, and you know, like any developer will tell you tell you this, or any data scientist is based on very limited assumptions just like any AI system because it just because of the number of options it has to consider um, so I've seen I think it's HSBC right it's one of the big banks uh, in the UK it just announced that to support the mental health effort um, it subscribed it got the subscription subscription to all its employees to a mental health app um, is there anything bad with that? no okay. <laughs> Uh, is this going to solve uh, the problem of people who may be burning out, who may be working longer hours because the company doesn't want to hire, you know, an extra person? So like, you need to work uh, for two people, uh, or maybe because your boss is in the U.S. and he or she wants you to have the call at midnight. No, right? Like, it's not something that you go and you just meditate. Or I think one of this, if I'm not mistaken, was Amazon who they installed in like meditation booths in their warehouses. So basically you can just go and chill for 10 minutes. It's, it's not about that, right? It's like, if the system is broken, uh, then, you know, it's, it's like putting a bandaid on a dying body. And, uh, Technology companies have uh, great uh, people who work in sales. Don't get me wrong. I, I know a lot of them, and I, I myself worked in technology. And of course, when they come and they offer the solutions, they say, yeah, you know, like you have a mental health issue, you have burnout issue, like here is the app, everyone is going to be healthy. Uh, but that's ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, I think it's very dangerous to uh, become the hostage of the simplistic view of the world. Um you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, he was like, you cannot, you know, just like give an app and hope that people will be, you know, like sorted out. It's not how it works. So I think the, uh, there is a place, you know, for yoga lessons for the apps, but people need a flexibility, uh, B, they sometimes might be better off uh, with just money given to them so that they will be able to sort out and see, uh, culture uh, needs to be tackled first and foremost because if you have uh, employees burning out one after the another one after another uh, no app is going to fix that yeah look at the workflows look look at the style of management uh, there needs to be much more serious intervention
0: to focus in on that a little bit because I always ask people about the, the future and their predictions for the for the future and all those kind of things from your perspective what would an ideal world look like what would you love to see happen what would you you love to see employers doing and thinking over the next sort of 18 months to two years?
1: I would like to see processes simplified and very clear guidelines. And I think it would help to everyone. I would also like to see fewer digital tools, but better used. Because when you have, you know, like 20 digital tools and the information is being shared between Uh, Various channels, all we do is just switching mm, between them, which probably means that the company needs to spend a little bit more time thinking about how they can integrate the technology tools. Um, I would like people to have more flexibility, you know, like really take advantage of the situation that, like with remote work, uh, to be able to choose and the management to be really well educated about. Assessing people based on their KPIs and their work results and not when they work, where they work from, um, and whether they spend time on the email or not, unless they're in customer support, and, which, is, which, which, which is a different function. Probably these three things.
0: Final question, where, where can people find you and your work?
1: Ah, um, So uh, we have a website that's called uh, www.consciouslyhighfondigital.com. Um, it has a number of uh, free tests that you can take um, if um, you want to know, you know, how you're doing with your digital habits, if you're really dependent. Uh, blog posts um, uh, about, you know, the latest neuroscience research and applicable. Uh, And uh, I'm very happy also to answer any questions. If any of you may have them, just uh, feel free to use the contact form on the website. Thank you.
0: Anastasia, thank you very much for talking to me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: My thanks to Anastasia. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time, and I hope you'll join me.
1: This is my show.